Hey, 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 Glampreneurs. Welcome to the second part of interview with Rachel Thriving and Surviving in the Beauty Industry. And I wanted to just continue this conversation on how Rachel thought outside of the box during COVID, after COVID. She truly found what was going to make her salon keep their doors open. And the reason why I think that's important for you guys to get and to take notes as usual is because it's going to help you think outside the box because it can be tough in this industry, but if there is a will, there's a way. And Rachel definitely gives that to us in the second part, really even in the first part. So enjoy this episode as you learn how to survive and thrive in the industry. And you guys already know what comes next. The Labs intro, of course. <laughs> Welcome to Life After Beauty School, What I Wish Someone Told Me, a podcast for glampreneurs who want to take their business to the next level. If you struggle with building your clientele, marketing yourself on social media, working long hours behind the chair, or maybe you've been in the beauty industry for a while and you're tired of hustling and ready to run an effective business, you might want to stop and take a listen because this podcast is for you. I'm Deandra Giselle, hairstylist, business coach, and educator. I discuss real action plans and solutions to help you live a wealthy life. Now let's get into this podcast. It was crazy that we weren't allowed to like work for three months, but now you need to spend all of this money to reopen, which, you know, we were all trying to rub two dimes to make a dollar at that point in time. So <laughs> it's like... Okay. So I'm like Googling stuff. I'm like, okay, so, um, I'm where like, we had to have all this barbicide, all this sanitizer when you couldn't even find it. I was going to say, there was nothing on our store shelves, absolutely nothing. And I'm like, okay, so, um, I can sanitize things a couple different ways. So I'm like, just Googling, um, ingredients, like best sanitizer, Um, And then I would look at like the ingredients of barbicide and I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, so I'm just Googling that chemical. And I came across on the CDC website, um, a chemical that I was familiar with and um, something that I use in the restaurant and come to find out it's the same exact chemical that barbicide is. Yep. And so I was like, yes. So if you don't know, just search for it. I was going to say, that's funny because you shared, we did a live. And Mm -hmm. you shared that. And I remember that after our live, I went and purchased that, that ingredient. Cause I'm like, I can't find barbicide. I don't know when I will. So I'm just going to do it before this live. And then someone says something and then that's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think I stalked up on it before. Like, okay, here's all mine. So guys go check it out. Um, and then, um, we were supposed to have barriers, right? Mm -hmm. Like everywhere you went had barriers. You went to home Depot, you went to the grocery store. They all had plexiglass barriers. Well, by the time salons were able to reopen, you couldn't even find plexiglass. And if you did, it was three times the price of that. It was 
six months ago. Cause I actually use plexiglass for like countertop toppers or wear our shampoo bowls so that you can clean it really easily. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I got a quote and it was going to be over four grand to do barriers. And our salon, I was like, okay, well, that's not, that's not happening. So I'm like, okay, so what else can I use for barriers? So I'm like Googling once again, I'm like, um, large pieces of plastic, <laughs> whatever word comes to your mind. Yes, you're like, exactly. What? And so I found, um, actually big strips of plastic for, um, garden house. What are those called? Um, outhouse, not outhouses. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what is it? Greenhouse. Greenhouses. There Thank we go. You. It was a house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So greenhouses. And I was like, perfect. And so for, I think $65, I was able to get enough plastic to be able to do barriers in between each of our stations, which didn't look aesthetically pleasing. So I like dressed it up with our identity logo and um, used wood along the top and just like natural looking twine to actually tie it up into our drop um, ceiling. And that's what it was. And so I was able to make barriers for about $100 rather than $4,000. If that is not survival and pivot, I don't know what is. And I know you didn't like it because I remember us talking about it and you were just <laughs> yes. like, yeah, I don't like the aesthetics, but I'm like, wow, that's amazing because yeah. you had your logo. That's another like product placement. I mean, you made it what it could be for the time. And then mm -hmm. I remember you also created a full-blown video of how your clients services are going to go. Can you talk about that video, which I thought was a genius because then she could email it to the client list. It can be on their website. It was like, this is your experience. So she was making the clients feel safe, mm -hmm. showing them that there's protocols involved. And it's like, if they're confused, you're like, refer back to this video, you know what I yeah. mean? So talk about that video and how you created it and how you came up with that idea. Well, I think with most of my ideas, they come up from a need for my clients. Um, so by the eighth text message of someone saying, well, what are you doing for protection for clients coming into the salon? Instead of writing four paragraphs, I'm like, I'm going to make a video. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a video that shows exactly what we were going to do, exactly what it would look like when you came to the salon, what it looks like after you leave, how we sanitize the chairs, how we sanitize our stations, um, how we're checking temperatures and sanitizing hands, making sure that you have your mask with you. It just answered a lot of questions quickly and it was able to be emailed to our client list. It was able to be um, viewed on Facebook and Instagram. And so it was just, a, it was honestly a fix to of time that I didn't have because yeah. you know, you're dealing, when I look at my client list, I had 500 clients. How am I going to have that conversation with 500 people? There's yeah. not enough hours in the day. So it was just out of a need and um, a way to save time. But I, it, we got so much business from that video. I will tell you what, we got so much business from that video because um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't follow all the salons in our community, but I don't know of another place that did that mm -hmm. um, at the time that we did it. And so it 
it drove a lot of business to us because we made a stand early in the beginning that we were going to be above and beyond on sanitation. We were going to be above and beyond for our clients to feel safe because that's the thing I hated the most reopening is that clients would come in and be nervous. I love that our space was a place where you could relax and it wasn't that. Well, they knew they could be safe, right? That they knew because I have been into places that they don't really have a protocol, you know, they're way over capacity. Um, you know, California's a little bit different, but you know, we, there's like guidelines that you're supposed to be following and people weren't doing it. And so I didn't create a video for my salon, um, just cause I'm in a suite, but I put on the website on my website and it said our promise to you. And it listed the things that we do. And then it said your requirement and what they had to do. And that alone made people feel safe that I'm like, okay, please only bring the bag that you need. No additional bags, you know, um, please wear a mask at all times. Like we had, we even had, you know, masks became popular and then people are having all these fancy, cute masks and you're coming mm-hmm. to get your hair colored. So I'm like, okay, so now you need to switch your mask, you know? Right. And those things were all ways of making people feel comfortable. And so you creating a video going the extra mile showed people that you were really trying to make sure they're safe, but you had their best interest. And that was like a marketing campaign in itself without trying to be a marketing campaign, just really trying to do your job correctly, you know? Mm -hmm. So that is, that's awesome. And then I want to just talk about one more thing. And it was your idea about the mask. If um, your clients were coloring or haircuts and they needed to take the, you had this idea. I don't know if you remember where it was like putting double-sided tape on the mask. What was oh, Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I admit that I saw that idea from somebody else, but using, um, you know, like sticky tape that you would like hold down a strap or something on your, um, dress. Um, so using, uh, like clothing, double-sided sticky tape so that they could unloop the masks and not have to sit there and hold it forever. Cause I mean, how fun is this to where you're just holding your mask forever. And so we did that, um, after a while, people just didn't care. And so they would just wear like the mask that they didn't care to get color on or things like that. And then, um, but yeah, I tell you what, those first few haircuts, I almost wanted to make like a t-shirt, like, Hey, I'm so sorry if you were the first few haircuts wearing a mask. Cause I know that I screwed that all. (laughs) (laughs) Not only that, but we cut off of body position, facial structure, and a mask. I remember I did someone's haircut and I had never seen this woman before. Like with your regulars, Mm -hmm. you kind of like already know, but I had Mm -hmm. never seen this woman before. And I was thinking to myself, like, I don't even know what her jawline looks like. I don't know. Right. So I'm, I'm guessing. And I had the same thought, like she's either going to go home, take her mask off and say, this is an awesome haircut. Or she's going to be like, this is terrible. So like I started (laughs) asking people, like, can I just see a picture of yourself? It's not Mm. for anyone. It's not for any, I just, 
And then I would explain as a hairstylist, I cut off of your facial features and I can't see it with the mask. And they were mm -hmm. happy to just show me on their phone. You don't have to send it to me. Just show me on your phone and they would do it. And I'm like, that was the only way because you don't want to be like, hey, if I stand back here and you go over there, will you take your mask off so I can see your face? And people are like, yeah. what? You don't want to do that. No, so let's, so smart. So let's fast forward to how does the industry look like for you? If I'm a brand new hairstylist and I'm graduating after waiting a very long time to take my state board, because <laughs> that was a thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. And what does it look like for me to start working in a salon, either as an assistant or a new hairstylist? What has been your experience? Are you getting new hairstylists that want to work at your salon? Well, for right now, I think what's going to be the hardest is that we're still operating at 25% capacity here in Washington and have been for a while. I don't know when that's going to go away. And so right now it's hard for us all to be hiring because we can only operate with so many stylists within our doors. Mm -hmm. um, so number one, that's hard. Um, number two, I think what you can expect from a salon opposed to, you know, going into a suite or being just going right out of the gate individually um, employed is that you have other people you can learn from. I love being an educator. I love watching educators or even any stylist because we all know that we do things completely different than the person next to us. So we all have an opportunity to learn from everyone around us. I continue to learn from my stylist. My stylist continue to learn from me. And so that's what I love about a salon environment is that you have someone you can bounce ideas off of. You can say, hey, this is my formulation. This is what we're trying to treat. What do you think? Um, and then you have someone there to give you ideas and to also give you ideas when you tried seven different things and none of them have worked. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that's one of the biggest benefits um, of being in a salon. Yeah. When you find a good one of people that share and give, and it's not like a constant rat race or competition, who's the best? Because everyone has something to give. Everyone has a certain something that sets you apart from the person next to you. And that doesn't mean that they're better than you. It means that they're different. So the benefit is that everyone gets to learn from each other. You know, um, every stylist has something to give. And we know that if we were to all take care of the same client, we would approach things all completely different because mm -hmm. that's what we do as stylists. And with a salon environment, I learned very quickly a lot of different things just based on purely watching. Like I think if I could give that to anybody who's just starting out, watch a billion different hairdressers. Take your time and really, so many times I see so much time wasted by people staring at their phones or watching Instagram while they're at the salon. When you have all this free education that's happening all around you, if yes. you were just to pay attention, I learned so much by just watching yeah. a billion different hairdressers. So take that opportunity. You're never going to get it again. 
you will get busy and then you'll have no time to, to do watch that. something and watch someone else do their craft and do it well. Please don't lose that opportunity. You'll never have it again. So that would, is what I would tell you um, about being in a salon. If you find a good one, find a good one. Yeah. There is a lot of times. Yeah, the, go ahead. A good, a good salon is important because you have the salons that are encouraging you to be your own hairstylist. They want to educate you. They want to pour into you. And then you have the salons that just want you to be a, you know, career assistant. It, that's what yeah. they want. And so you do have to define what is better for you. Maybe you are at that salon that wants you to be a career assistant for a little bit, and then you move forward. So you do need to do your homework on salons. But another thing that I think you touched on is about coming out of school, going straight into a suite. Mm -hmm. I have seen that and it about 90% of the time, it's not successful because of that, what you just said, there's no one usually in a sweep, everyone sticks to themselves, right? They're in their right. own businesses. They're doing their own thing. And then with COVID, nobody's mixing and mingling like they would have. So mm -hmm. what is your take for those who truly feel like they can open a suite and start working and building their business? Do you think that it's well, anything's possible, right? But do Absolutely. you, what would be your suggestion if they do want to open a suite and then they still need some more education? Are there other options out there for them? Absolutely. Um, I think that you, the thing that I would think it would be hard, I've never been in a suite. I've always been part of a salon environment. So for me, I'm not always my best advocate. I, I know that for myself, um, I don't, I'm not as disciplined when it's just for me. I'm not as someone that, um, knows how to market themselves without word of mouth or using social media. I think that that's a challenge too, as well. Um, but yes, do I think you could do it? Yes. Do I think it would be harder? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, it's, it is harder because, but if you can find a community and I don't know if this exists, but I sure do hope it exists for sweet owners where you can find a community where you could say, Hey, um, I know I have this, you know, situation. One of my staff actually moved to San Antonio and she is now in a suite, but guess who she still calls when she has questions all of us. So mm -hmm. if you can find those kind of people that are willing to do that with you, I think that would be super valuable. Um, but as far as education, try it all. I mean, there's a lot of free education out there. There's a lot of virtual education out there. And then there's a lot of educators that think they're educators and making Instagram videos or YouTube videos. And I'd be wary of that a little bit because you don't get the full experience. Mm -hmm. Watching videos is really great for someone who's more of a seasoned stylist, but that hands-on experience where you can do it, especially balayage. I get more frustrated with balayage videos because it is not 
just a pattern. It's a feeling. And to really communicate that, because I, I teach a lot of balayage classes, to really teach that by just showing someone on video is number one, darn near impossible. But number two, I think ineffective because it's a feeling, it's a touch, it's a conversation of what you're starting with. And for you to be able to ask all those questions and really get a one-on-one -on -one answer, I think is yeah. really important. Um, so be careful with what you invest into education. And But there's a ton of companies that do really great education. And then I think some companies that are taking um, advantage of the situation I don't want to say advantage. That's not the right word, but utilizing this part to do viral education where really, I think the most effective is one-on-one -on -one hands-on, whether you're doing that through a private zoom, which I actually have taken my first um, educational class through zoom, which I was really leery about, but I thought she did a really great job because she was there with me looking at what I'm doing and was able to coach me through it. So that's a very different um, scenario than just watching videos. Yeah, so I do think that the virtual education that they have with an educator is very different than going on YouTube and you know watching Instagram videos because usually there is a section in that virtual education where you can ask questions. And mm -hmm. then they companies are understanding that this is new. And what they're doing is they're having their educators kind of like hang back and answer these questions. But I will say if you're watching on YouTube, Instagram, if you are doing virtual education, it means nothing if you don't grab a mannequin and try it at minimum. Absolutely. And that's even with hands-on. I think when we're in person and we do hands-on, you're kind of forced to participate in the class, but you have to take your own initiative and practice what you just watched at least within one to two days. Because if you Absolutely. wait for like a week, you're like, wait, what did they even say? What did they talk about? So you want to do that. So Rachel, I want to ask you one more question. And this, I hope you don't get emotional about this question. And it is, what do you do to keep a positive mindset? Because through everything that you talked about, there had to be some sort of a mindset check to get through each situation in your life. Because like you said, you lived several lives. And <laughs> what, what was it that you did that, that helped you to persevere? Because I believe it all starts with your mindset. Um, and then your body and your actions follow. So what yeah. is it that you do to keep your mindset positive and keep you thriving through all your obstacles? I think number one is showing up for my children. Uh, for me, I'm a mom, I'm a mom first and foremost, and it's been, it's been everything to be accountable to them. Number two, um, a positive mindset isn't a perfect thing. You can have a bad day. You can have a moment to where you don't think that you have it all. And that's okay. And to give yourself a moment to take a step back and to breathe and to have a breakdown, to get it out. But I think that if you show up where you're at every single day with the best that you can give, you'll be surprised how far you'll go. 
And for me, I want to show my kids that they can do anything that they put their heart to. They can do anything that they want to in this life. It just depends on how hard you're going to work at it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as far as a positive mindset, I think that that starts with taking care of yourself first, which I didn't always do. Um, (laughs) For a long time, I didn't do. Um, But once I figured that out, if I didn't take any time for me, no one else is going to do that for me. And so to first and foremost, take care of myself, then that makes me good and better to take care of everything else around me. Um, But to give yourself a break, to give yourself some grace, to walk through life where you don't have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. You don't have it all together. Nobody does. Nobody does. We are on this big circling rock to figure that all out. Seriously. And to give yourself permission to be, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm going to work my hardest to get there. And just really make sure that at the end of the day, you celebrate at least something because we're so often carrying all the things that go wrong. We don't pay attention to all the things that went right. Mm -hmm. And if we don't pay attention to that, then you are going to burn out so quickly. We often think about that negative client, that negative conversation with the stylist or that negative review that we have online, that we don't focus on the eight other people that loved what we did. And we need to focus on that because otherwise, what the heck are we doing? We're not here to satisfy the person that you can't ever satisfy. We're here to satisfy not only within ourselves, but to satisfy the client that loves what you do. So why aren't we celebrating it? I love, I love that. That is 100% so true. Um, but it is a mindset and it's intentional that you have to make the decision that you are going to decide to focus on the positive because we're mm. already going to. I read this book that said positive, um, positive comments or positive situations kind of like roll off our backs and then the negative ones stick to us like Velcro. And you have Mm -hmm. to work really hard to, to kind of shift that. And so I love that you said that. So now it comes to the part where Glampreneurs, you guys know that I always do a positive quote, an inspirational quote, words to live by every single week. So I'm going to have Rachel give me your quote that resonates with you. You're stronger than you think you are. Every single person out there, you have, as you said earlier, Deandra, and I love that you have everything you need to do whatever you want to in this world. You just have to dig deep and find that inner strength. And when you can't find that, fight for it more. Because you are stronger than you think you can do, than than you think you are. And you can do more than you think that you can. Always can. You can always grow. You can always learn. You can always do better. And if each day you focus on doing better than yesterday, you will get stronger you will do more things. You will find more positive. You'll have more positive come to you because you are being positive and you are stronger than you think you are. 
That is awesome. I love it. It's simple. It's to the point, but it's definitely impactful and powerful. So Glampreneurs, we had Rachel to just honestly pour her heart out on the podcast and give you guys the real of what it's like being a hairstylist in the industry through the ups and downs personally and in the business. But what I would say is that Rachel thrives, right? You have truly just kept on pushing. And I thought it was important for you guys to listen to someone who knows exactly what it's like and is a salon owner and has a family. And this is not even her first career. And I think it was important to have Rachel on here to show you guys just to think outside the box and to be stronger than you think you are. Right. And so (laughs) Rachel, thank you so much for coming and talking with us and spending time on this podcast. Um, We love that you are here and we hope to have you again at another time. Rachel, I have some big plans. Okay, guys, you don't know. Just wait. (laughs) Um, So thank you so much. So Glampreneurs, this is what I need you to do. I need you guys to subscribe to this podcast. I need you guys to give a rating, leave a review, and share this episode on your social media platforms. That's what I need from you guys so that Glampreneurs like you can find this podcast, listen, and be inspired. Until next time, Glampreneurs, stay connected.